Hello beautiful humans and welcome back to another Flower Ed podcast. I'm so excited to have you here and so grateful that you are listening in from wherever you are around the world. For me, it is 7am on a Thursday morning on the 28th of July. I have got to be honest, I'm the biggest microphone noob. Like I literally have no idea when it comes to microphones and like sound and mixing and like all the editing part of things. So I'm so sorry if the mic and the sound sounds different every single time you hear me. It's because I'm trying to like figure all that stuff out. (laughs) So I listened to the good old YouTube this morning. Hopefully this sound sounds better than ever um, because I've like tweaked things. So yeah. That's that. (laughs) But I woke up this morning and I had the most random pull to talk about double weddings because I have no idea why it popped up. But I had my first double wedding last year and it was really like scary going into it because I had so many questions and not really anyone to ask those questions to. So I'm going to give you guys some tips and tricks and kind of talk through my experience for my first double wedding. Um, And this goes for if you're having a bigger wedding than what you're used to dealing with. So if you're used to dealing with the three Ks and you have like an eight or a 10 K coming up, this is the same kind of deal. There's like things you've got to think about before the day so that you're super prepared and you're going into it really confidently because that's what I craved so, so much last year. And I finally found that confidence in myself as a leader, as a, you know, a quote unquote boss for the day um, and just a business owner running the wedding. So to give you guys a little bit of a background so you can kind of, you know, paint the picture, we had two weddings on a Saturday. They were, the venues were about, say, 15 minutes apart, maybe 20. I can't remember exactly, but they weren't like next door to each other. They were like a little bit of a drive apart. So for the day, I had two girls on with me. And the weddings looked like this. So wedding A at Summerlee's in Sutton Forest, really beautiful venue. They had table arrangements, bouquets, and an arbor and a little bit of a ceremony. Then wedding B out at Sylvan Glen, they had a foliage ceiling. So pretty much the the ceiling full of foliage, uh, table arrangements, bouquets, and a few other little bits and pieces. So what I thought is we would go to Summerlee's, the first one, smash it all out, get it all done, and then go to the next one at Sylvan Glen to do the ceiling and all the rest of it and get that finished so that we could spend more time on the ceiling. So we rock up on the day to Summerlee's, the first one, and we go to put like everything on the tables and do the ceremony and all the rest of it. Mind you, it was a freezing cold day. So like flowers, you don't need to worry about them staying alive. It was so, so cold. It was in autumn, but it was a freezing cold day. Um, So yeah, that was a good thing that we didn't have to stress about heat. Um, So we rock up and the coordinator says, oh, you can't do anything in the reception until 11 a.m. 
because the caterers have to come and do all of the table settings and everything before you can put anything on the tables. So straight away, it was like 7, 8 a.m., it was like, oh crap, okay, we need to like reshuffle everything around. So first thing, (laughs) if you can get really specific in terms of timing of the day, when you can bump things in, bump things out, move things around, because that threw a spanner in the works. I thought we could get that done and just leave, but it meant that now, you know, someone had to be here at 11 to put the things on the tables and all the rest of it. So first things first, just get your timing right in terms of, yeah, bumping in when you can put things where. So if you've never done a wedding before, if you've never done a big wedding before, feel free to just email the coordinator or the venue or even the stylist if they've got a stylist on board that you you work with often and just be like, hey, what's the timing of the day? What time can we do things? Um, That way you won't get stuck like I did. The other thing that I did wrong was I didn't have everything prepared that I could have had prepared. So for example, the roses weren't reflexed or in bud vases, whereas now I would have them all completely done the day or three days before, however long it is, and just deliver them. So it would just be a drop. But instead, I had to have my freelancers there reflexing roses, putting them in the vases. So little things like that can take up so much time. And on a double wedding day, you know, timing is everything. So get what you can get done before the day. Prep all of your tables, bud vases, compotes, bridles, flower clouds, whatever it is. Get them all prepped as much as you can. If you can get them fully, fully prepped and it's just a table drop, that's ideal. And then you're just installing the larger things. So like the ceremony feature, a ceiling install, things like that. Okay, so I've got the freelancers reflexing roses to do the bud vases at the first wedding at Summerlee's. At this point, I have my car full of everything for wedding number number two. So I head to wedding number two, which is like 20 minutes away. Remember, timing is a lot, you know, seconds count. So I drove to the next wedding venue and dropped off all of the flowers and foliage and everything there so that once the freelancers were done with the roses and the tables, not putting them on the tables at wedding one, but just you know, creating the bud vases, they would then go to the second wedding and start that. So it was a little bit like I was running between the venues, whereas now I would change that totally. So I dropped everything off, then went back to the first wedding, at which point they were finished with the tables. So they went to wedding number two. So it's a little bit back and forth already. We're already running behind time just from that one thing of not knowing when we can put things on the tables. I also could have, yeah, delivered things differently, had different vehicles running around different teams. So we'll get into that. So they went to wedding number two and started on everything there while I stayed at wedding number one. Here comes tip number two, which is very, very similar to tip number one. I didn't have my bouquets ribboned. So they had silk ribbons, like really long, beautiful blue silk ribbons. And I didn't have any of them ribboned, which is just wild to me because I make sure that they are ribboned 
if not the night before, then definitely before we leave the studio. Everything's ribboned, everything's packaged, everything's like as much as you can have ready is ready, basically. So same as tip number one, ribbon your bouquets, have everything prepared. Because that stressed me out so much because, you know, you can't get the ribbons wet because then you can see that the ribbons are wet. So I'm trying to like not get them wet, but they've been in water and I have nothing to like dab the bottoms of the stems with. And then I'm trying to get the lengths all right because, you know, you want them all to be the same lengths. And I just chuck them on and I look back at the photos and they're literally touching the floor, which is actually cool because this wedding, like that's a total vibe, but in other weddings that might not work. So I didn't measure them correctly. And majority of the silk ribbons were just like touching the ground as the girls were standing there. Like I said, it was like a total vibe, which was cool, but yeah, it would have been nice to be able to cut them to length, make them all perfect like I normally do. So tip number two, ribbon your bouquets before. And that goes the same, obviously, for just like the ribbon that you do around the bouquet, but also obviously long draping silk ribbons, because it's so stressful trying to do that and get them right and get them sitting right and tied on properly and all the rest of it, not getting them wet while you're trying to coordinate two weddings. It's just like, it's so stressful. So after ribboning the bouquets, I went and did the ceremony feature. At this point, it was so, so windy that it was stressing me out. I was literally running around the ceremony trying to get everything in and done. Mind you as well, at this point, I obviously am still like learning a lot. I hadn't done a whole lot of ceremony features with foam free. So now is a completely different story. But at that point, I should have allowed even more time because, you know, things can be a little bit more fiddly. And when you're by yourself and it's windy and you're trying to coordinate the other wedding as well, it's just like, it's really stressful. So I was chucking literally like picture me in the wind, in the freezing cold, running around the ceremony, trying to get everything done. I also got given this blue um, like draping for the ceremony feature. So just imagine me with this blue draping It is blowing a gale and I'm trying to fit this to the freaking arbor and it just keeps blowing everywhere. And I'm getting calls from the other wedding asking me like, what do you want us to do next? Because I was supposed to be at that second wedding, helping them and directing them. So I had to keep saying, start this, now start this, now start this, because I wasn't there. I had to be like, just tell them to go and do everything basically, while I was trying to battle the wind and battle the ceremony and get this draping on. So it was like a whole thing. So number three, another timing thing is just allow yourself even more time. Give yourself more of a buffer than you currently think. If that's an extra half an hour, an extra hour, or even an extra human there to help you, it's going to change the game so much. The biggest thing that I've learned this past year is that having people there helping you is worth every single cent. Because them running around and moving buckets and doing the draping and delivering bouquets and cleaning up and sweeping and moving bins and packing the car, all of those things, timing. 
it saves so much time and it means that you can just focus on what you need to focus on. So by the time I finished the ceremony, I ran back up to the reception, chucked everything onto the tables because the caterers were finally there. Keep in mind, it was literally bud vases, like really the coordinator could have helped me out maybe if I had a relationship with them. So, you know, that would have been handy to say, hey, can you just chuck these on the tables? But instead I had to sort of wait. Um, I then delivered the bouquets to that first bride. She was really, really happy, which was so, so nice. And then, yeah, I just chucked everything in the van and left that first wedding. So that first one was done and the girls at the second one had pretty much finished the ceiling. So the ceiling was, like I said, to be filled with foliage and they just got it up really quick. It was freaking me out because I hadn't done such a big ceiling with so much foliage. Like, there was so much foliage. And so me not being there, it was like such a spin out because... I couldn't be there to like move them along quicker or anything like that. But luckily the girls were amazing and they just smashed it out. So they finished the ceiling and then they started on the tables at the second wedding. At this point, I'm driving along to the second wedding, but to drop the bouquets and the buttonholes off. So I drop the bouquets off and the bride cries, like is bawling her eyes out. And so like we're having a moment. <laughs> In the middle of this crazy day, we're like having a full moment because she's crying, which is like the best thing ever. But I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm running so behind time. Anyway, it was really, really beautiful and she was so lovely. And then she also had asked me to pin on a little pin. So it was like a grandparent's little pin, I think, from memory. So I'm like in the kitchen, she's crying, the makeup artists are there, everyone's asking me questions. I'm like trying to pin this like tiny little brochy thing onto the bouquet. <laughs> I get that done. Um, and then yeah, I head off to the boys to deliver the buttonholes. So wedding number one is completely done. I'm now at the boys for wedding number two. So I arrive at this Airbnb and it's like this farm so where I live it's pretty like country farmy and this one was a little bit further out of town and it, I was at a gate a locked gate like I can't get through my car I can't get through myself it's like a full locked gate at this Airbnb and the driveway is like so far away that they can't even tell that I'm at the gate so I get my phone out and I like call the groom doesn't answer call the bride doesn't answer call like whoever I've got to call doesn't answer. I check all of my sheets. I'm like, where the heck is the gate code? I don't have the gate code. So what do I do? I jump over the fence, like literally climbing over this like massive gate at the front of this random Airbnb. Like hopefully I've got the right address as well, because it was one of those like 136 blah, blah road. Whereas normally it's like, number one or number five or number 17. But on those like outskirts of town, they're always like 248 blah, blah road. And they're always a little bit like off. So anyway, I'm like, hopefully this is the right one. And hopefully a cow doesn't come and like buck me over because I'm holding these buttonholes. It's blowing a gale. Don't forget <laughs> it's freezing cold. And I have no idea if this is the right house. So I'm running up the driveway, like literally 
like I feel like I'm in a movie. I'm running up this driveway. It's like rocky as heck. I've got my boots on. I'm like watching out for animals and cows because I'm in like this paddock. I rock up to this Airbnb and it's one of those really cool like um like structural place. I'm like, where the heck is the front door? It wasn't like, here's the front door, walk in and knock. I was like running around the house, like how the heck do I get to the front door? So I find this random door. I'm like puffing, my hair's a mess, it's windy. I'm holding these like stupid little buttonholes and I knock on the door and this person rocks up and goes, hey. And I said, hey, I'm just here to drop off the buttonholes. And she was like, oh okay and I was like oh my god I've a hundred percent got the wrong place this is so embarrassing lucky I didn't but she calls out to the groom I think it was was like hey the buttonholes are here and then he came up and he goes oh hey it's like they were confused why I was there or like surprised that I was rocking up and I was like well here are your buttonholes and they just went thanks see ya And I was like, oh my God. So I was like, okay, well, thanks for that. Close the door. Like they were so chill. They weren't rude. They were just like, like I'm in the middle of this battlefield, like battling with the wind, battling with like this farmland, trying to not get like run over by a cow. And it was just so funny because they were just like, oh, hey, thanks. (laughs) So I was like, okay, anyway, got to go. See ya ran back to the car I'm running because I'm trying to go to the other girls to try and help them running through this paddock back to the fence I climb back over the gate like it'd be so funny if someone was driving past and saw me um jumped in my car and then sped off drove off safely to the other venue so that was just like a whole whirlwind of a morning in itself Got to the venue. The girls were awesome. They had the ceiling up. They were working on the tables. Um, I started finishing off um, everything. So the ceremony, any extra bits and pieces. They had a few like welcome signs, bar flowers, whatever. So I fixed all of that up and I literally finished like I was there for five minutes, literally. Like I was running around for five minutes, just like sweeping up, trying to take photos, like saying hi to the girls for the like second time all day. They were amazing. I was so, so lucky that they were capable enough to do it all just because I hadn't worked with them ever. I don't think, I think they were both newbies. Um, and with that in itself, like that is scary because if they, if I I don't know what their abilities are. I don't know if they can, if they've ever done a ceiling. I don't know if they know how to do things. I don't know if they've got the confidence to do these things. So that in itself, the team, we need to talk about that. But firstly, I just want to point out as well, going back a step, um, one of my tips obviously is get the gate codes (laughs) so that you don't have to climb fences and gates at the gate. So during your final run through, make sure you're getting any information, make sure you get the address, the name of the building, if you need to, um, any gate codes, any like notes, if there's like cows that are going to run you over, dogs are going to like bite your leg, get all of that information so that you know going in. Because like I said, timing, if I had a gate code, I could just open the gate, drive up the driveway, drop them off, jump back in, drive back down. That in itself 
it makes such a difference. It really, really does. So we finish that wedding number two. The girls are really happy. I'm happy. It's all finished. Um, I say goodbye to them. And then as I'm driving out of the venue, the bride drives into the venue. So that in itself, like I want to be out of the venue literally like an hour before the ceremony, if possible, unless I have to move things, light candles and everything like that. But I literally just got there in time basically to see it done, to like tweak like two little things and then I was out of there because the timing of it, the ceremony pretty much was starting and we were driving away. So the timing of things is was just crazy. I hardly even saw that second wedding and the girls did like basically everything. They were so amazing. So yeah, that in itself was just like crazy. I was running everywhere and then yeah, didn't even get to the second one, which I thought I would be there to do like majority of it. So all, you know, everything was done. The brides were really, really happy, the couples. Um, and I said goodbye to the girls and left. So it was all, all well and good. Nothing crazy went wrong, but there are so many things that I could have done differently. And I do completely differently now for both my double weddings or my big weddings as well. So those which require, you know, a big ceremony, a big ceiling, a big fireplace, um, all, all the moving parts. So some things that I would have done differently, the timing, obviously knowing, you know, what can happen when that first venue I hadn't worked at before. So probably should have had a bit more of a, you know, what's the timing of the day sort of chat. Um, Number two, ribboning the bouquets, getting everything prepped that you can get prepped. All of the the tables, if you can do them beforehand, do them beforehand. I now, even for my small baby weddings, I do everything and it's just a drop off. It's not a go there, set up a whole like studio space that you have to do everything. It's more so drop off, do the installs and then that's done. So that was totally like that took up so much time at both venues for this double wedding. Next thing, obviously get gate codes, get any information you need in terms of the delivery for the bouquets, the buttonholes, even if it's like what bits and pieces need to be delivered where. So sometimes you might deliver the bouquet and then they say, hey, where's the father of the bride buttonhole? So if you've already delivered that to the groom because you just think you're delivering everything, then, you know, you might have to run back and forth. It's a little bit of like a, not a problem, but it's just something that could be avoided. So on your final run throughs, make sure that you include, you know, where do you want, what do you want where basically? What do you want dropped off to the bride? What do you want dropped off to the groom? All right. The most important part is your team. So I treat this so, so differently now, and it is a game changer. So these days for my doubles or my bigger weddings, I am simply the director. I'm the one that is overseeing everything. I'm the one that's coordinating everything. And while I'm still in there doing things, I'm still creating the ceiling. I'm still creating the ceremony. I'm not like a crucial part. I can step back. I can move between places and things still happen. And that has been the biggest game changer. I can't even tell you because not only one, do things get done more quickly, more smoothly, but number two, they can get done at a better quality. 
because you can be there overseeing things saying change this change that let's tweak this let's include this let's remove that whereas when you're in it and you're the only one like I was at this first wedding that's just trying to get it done it's not the same quality of work it just can't be because you don't have the time to step back and tweak things. Like I said, at wedding number one, I was literally running around, just chucking things, trying to get it done. That's it. And although like it did look pretty beautiful, like I was happy with it, it I could have spent another half an hour, another hour on that ceremony. I could have made it even better. I could have done like checked everything perfectly, but because it was just me, I just had to get it done. So looking back, it would have been nice to be the director like I am now for my bigger weddings and have more of a team. So for example, I would have had an extra person on that day. I would have had two teams, sent the first team to the second wedding, start the ceiling, and then the other person is with me on the first wedding, something like this. We start on that one. If something arises, I can move around. So say they say we can't put things on the tables till 11. That's totally fine. My freelancer that's with me can stay on site, get everything done. I'm going to run and drop the bouquets off, drop the buttonholes off, make sure wedding number two is okay and things still happen. So if it means that you have to put another person on so that you can be the director that is running around and overseeing and moving between places, do it. It's worth every single penny. I don't care how much it costs, put them on. And if you're quoting for this wedding, if it's for a big wedding, so one big wedding, then you can just quote them for enough freelancers that you've got on site with you. So making sure that you've got enough of a team, not just, you know, one other person, make sure that you've got enough people that if you need to step back or move between places or something pops up that wasn't expected, that's okay. Say you forget something at the studio, who's going to run back and get that if you're the only one at that first wedding trying to get everything done? Things like that pop up all the time in this job where it's like, oh, did not know that was going to happen. Let's say like you forget that you have to include a bar feature. You know, you're trying to coordinate these two weddings and you just completely forget about the bar feature. You haven't factored in that time. If you're the only one at that first wedding, you're the one that has to pull it all together. You're also the one that has to sweep up and move buckets and pack the car and take photos and all of those little bits and pieces. Whereas if you've got someone with you, it just takes that stress away. So for example, we had a big wedding um, at Benduli, the citrus wedding, which I'm sure a lot of you have seen on Instagram. Um, and we had to do a massive ceiling. We only get between 7.30 in the morning until 9 a.m. to do any ceiling in the book barn at Benduli. That is a really tight bump in to have to do a full ceiling. So we had three beams, heaps and heaps of foliage and fruit to get up into the ceiling within an hour and a half. That's it. Like set up tops, get everything in, move buckets around, get everything up, make it actually look good, sweep the floor, put everything away, not leave a single leaf in the place. Like it's a big job. It's a tight bump in for something that big. So I had me, 
I had Tom with me, who's like two people in one. He's amazing. I had his sister, Nicole, which was so, so helpful. And then I had two other freelancers as well. So I had five of us in there getting it up. Whereas if there was only four of us, oh my goodness, it would be so much more stress. So it was so cool just being able to get in there and me go, okay, you start there, you start there, you do this, I'm going to start here and just running with it. And it meant that if something popped up, like, you know, someone needs more cable ties and they're in the car or we can't get the fruit to, to get into the ceiling, like these things pop up, nothing's going to just run smoothly for every single wedding you do. And having a team there that's working while you can be the problem solver, figuring it all out is just, I can't even tell you how game changing it is. And like I said, you want to be able to produce really quality designs. So for this one, the citrus one, I would have even put on another person so that I could take even more of a step back and tweak things and make things perfect how I wanted them to. So although there were five of us, I actually think that even six could have helped. And it's only an hour and a half. Like that is so tight to get everything in, ladders up, move tables so that they're out of the way, start putting up these massive branches of foliage, using cable ties, you know, getting fruit up there, cleaning the space, you know, getting everyone out. It was like such a cool vibe and such a cool hustle. And we did it, but it was still like they were the venue was trying to set up for lunch and we were still like, oh, one more second, one more second. We're almost done. We're almost done. Whereas it would have been nice to sort of have a minute to be like, okay, yeah, it looks really good. Let's get out of here. But it was a little bit of a like, okay, okay, we need to get out of here. Everyone start packing up. Everyone start putting your final touches. Whereas I just, I really like having that time and space to have have five minutes to just tweak things, you know? And as you're a floral designer, I'm sure you're probably similar in that sense that you want to be providing really beautiful work and be really proud of what you're creating. And I was super proud of that wedding. But like I said, it's just nice to have that time and space to take a minute to step back. The good thing was that although we got majority of the fruit up, I did have Tom sneakily running around in the afternoon. So we come back at 3.30 to do the tables and everything. I had him just like sneakily putting some fruit, some more fruit into the ceiling. So that was really handy as well that we, although we got pretty much everything done, it was nice just being able to like sneak a few extra pieces in as well. While we're here talking about the citrus wedding, I may as well give a few more tips and tricks on that one as well. So with the fruit, we didn't have all of them ready before we got there. And that put us back a lot as well. And it also meant that I had to have another freelancer on cutting fruit and doing all the rest of it. Whereas if I could have done that earlier, that would have been amazing. You know, still keep in mind, I actually had a wedding the day before that and the day after that. It was like the craziest weekend of my life. And so I was running around like crazy. That in itself, I could have had a freelancer on with me the few days before for doing prep and things like that. But the fruit, um, yeah, I had to have Nicole like chopping up fruit um, while I'm like running around trying to do the ceremony and everything. The other thing is food. 
like you have to eat during the day. And if Tom didn't like go and buy us all lunch and say, sit down for five minutes and don't move and just eat, (laughs) I probably wouldn't have because I don't have time to go and get lunch. I don't have like, I don't, I'm too in my head trying to get everything done that I don't stop myself and say, sit down and eat. And if you don't do that, if you don't eat and you don't drink water and you don't put a hat on all of these things, then that's when you feel like you've been hit by a truck the next day. It's because you haven't looked after yourself the day of the wedding. So Tom went and got us all lunch. We all sat down and it was actually really nice. We had like, it was probably 10 minutes um, between the whole day. We'd finished the ceremony. Um, I had beautiful live with me and Nicole trying to do all the ceremony. Tom was actually so, so sick and unwell on this day as well, which made it so hard. Um, but he was such a trooper. He was just so excited and had such a buzz that he was happy to be there. Um, so yeah, we sat down, we had lunch and it was just nice to have a moment to sort of regroup, um, think about what we needed to do for the tables and just look back at what we'd already created on that day. So then it was time to do the tables. It was so, so cool. If you haven't had the pleasure of working at the book barn, it's just, it's such a cool vibe. Well, this one was especially because there were about 220, 250 guests tables like so many tables you like almost couldn't even walk around them there was that many tables so what happens is they have a lunch service and then at 3 30 they flip it for the wedding so we walk in like to check if the tables are ready and it's just like it's like a theater production like there are people doing the tablecloths there are other people putting out all of the plates other people doing the cutlery other people doing the glasses and everyone's like walking around and it's just like it's such a cool buzz and we were putting all of the fruit and the vases on the tables and Tom even stopped me for a minute and he was like this is so cool like it's just it's such a vibe like everyone just likes digging in and getting everything flipped Um, yeah, it's something that I really love about this job. It was just so cool. So we got in there, we did everything and then Nicole had to go. So it was just me, Tom and Liv, Tom, Liv and I. So we got given these place settings, the names to put on the tables. They were leaves with names like drawn on them. Like I think they were magnolia leaves and they weren't in order. They weren't in order for like 250 guests. The names were all mixed up. So we got one table plan from the bride and a different one from the venue. And we're trying to figure out who sits where and which table's number one and which table's number six. And and where does everyone go? The other thing was some of the names were like really, really hard to pronounce. So it was so, so funny. Tom's sitting on the ground with trying to figure all this out. I'm like trying to tweak everything, take photos and Liv's walking around, putting all of these names on the tables. So that in itself took so much time, so much longer than what it should have. Um, Beautiful Liv. I had her with me all day. It was a massive, massive day. And Tom was like feeling unwell and it was just... It was such a big day, but I was so, so proud of all of us. And 
I did have enough people on. I could have probably had one more for the ceiling in the morning. Um, but just having a good solid team around you that you can trust to do all of these things is so important and it takes so much pressure off yourself. So if you can find freelancers that you can use regularly and build that relationship with them, it changes the game because that trust goes such a long way. For example, for that double wedding, if those girls, if I didn't trust them, and mind you, this was like one, I think it was the first time I met both of them, or maybe I met Abby already, but if if they weren't able to do that whole wedding, can you imagine the disaster? Like I had five minutes there to run around. Imagine if like the ceiling wasn't up or the tables weren't done or the ceremony wasn't done. That would be so much pressure. So having a good solid team that you can fully trust and just knowing who can do what is game changing. The last thing I want to mention, and I think I have spoken about this before in terms of freelancers, is just having an idea around where you want to start for the day. So for a double wedding, for a big wedding, if you have a team on with you, whether that's one freelancer, two, three, four, five, however many there are, you need to have an idea of where you want to start because timing guys, if you're there hesitating and you're not sure and you start like just doing things that, you know, you're procrastinating because you don't know where to start. That all chews up so much time and also chews up so much energy because rather than just getting stuck in, getting started, like everyone's a little bit on edge because like we're not actually moving. So go into it with a thought in mind. Okay, those two are going to start on the ceremony. That one's going to start on the ceiling. I'm going to start on the tables and that's where we're going to start. We're going to unpack the cars, put the tarps out and get started. Just have a starting point, no matter what that starting point looks like. And you can always come back and shuffle things around. So as long as you get started, get moving, take action. Then you can come back and go, oh, maybe I'll move you guys over here. Um, The timing doesn't work on that. Let's shuffle things around. Or I need an extra person over here. Do you want to come back to that? As long as you just start somewhere, it it makes things run so much more smoothly. So having everything prepared and having an idea on the timing of the day and what you want, who you want to have do what when, if that is English. So hopefully those tips and tricks help you guys if you are planning a double wedding or a larger wedding than what you're used to. Try and be the director if you can. You know, you're still doing things, but you've got a team there to help you. Make sure that you eat and drink so much water because otherwise you're going to feel like you've been hit by a truck. Hey, if you liked this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if you left a rating and review no matter which platform you are on. It helps me know that you guys are loving the podcast and also helps me reach more beautiful florists around the world. Thank you so, so much in advance.